Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh my God, you guys are my favorite. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Rich Eisen. I know what I'm talking about. That's the headline. The Rich Eisen Show with guest host Dan Schwartzman. OMG. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Dan Schwartzman. Hey, sir, the Rich Eisen Show, sponsored by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. We watched USC dominate its bowl game. Quarterback not named Caleb Williams throwing for six touchdowns. A lot of talent on USC. Probably underachieved a bit this year. But Caleb Williams is potentially the number one pick in the upcoming NFL draft. If he decides to leave school early, he's got to make that decision by January 15th. But Bears fans, that's right, Chicago Bears fans, kind of in a tizzy right now, wondering, would he want to go play for them if they were to draft him? Bears are going to have two very high picks. Theirs and I believe, what, Carolina's, right? Because... They traded out of the top spot last year. Carolina moved in and took Bryce Young. This is a very deep quarterback draft. Very deep. There's Drake May. There's Caleb Williams, Michael Penix. There's J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix. A lot of good talent in this draft. There's always a guy that comes out of nowhere, throws a football a million miles, and everybody drools over him. LSU's quarterback, uh, Caleb Daniels. If he, I don't know, is he coming out? Probably. Can he come out? Whatever it is, look, a lot of people think that Williams, Caleb Williams, is the best in terms of talent. But he's been making noise on social media. Okay, He's been liking tweets and things like that, and people are wondering if you're a Bears fan, does he, is he saying he doesn't want to play in Chicago or does he want to play in Chicago? What's happened is he has liked some tweets where it shows that he wouldn't go first overall to the Bears. In fact, he wouldn't be the number one quarterback taken. And some naturally believe that means he doesn't want to play for the Chicago Bears. He doesn't want them to draft him. Now, he hasn't formally come out and said, I don't want to play for the Bears. Right? Like, he's never come out and said, don't draft me number one. This isn't Brian Bosworth coming out of Oklahoma and having his agents send letters to every team he does not want to be drafted by. And in the end, he did them all a favor because he wasn't very good. The Boz. I think Caleb Williams has the opportunity to be very good. But I, I do wonder and question his leadership abilities. 
and as a quarterback, that's very important. And I think if a team is turned off by Caleb Williams and decide to not draft him and draft somebody ahead of him at the same position of quarterback, I believe it's because it's an attitude issue and not a talent issue. Caleb Williams is as talented a quarterback as we've seen come out of college. Right? There are not a lot of guys that come out of college that are more talented than Caleb Williams. He's been the top player in his class a long time. Coming out of high school, he was the top player in his class as well. I've always found it interesting when guys say, I don't want to play for that team, blah, blah, blah. Are they really going to sit out a year? No, they're not. Dan, right, they're after, not sitting out a year. After the Washington loss with 52-42, to 42, you saw Caleb crying to his mother. Yeah. In the stands. Then he also didn't talk to the media a few times as well, right? Yes, there's that. Not a good look. It's not a good look. You have to be the leader of a team. Listen, it still bothers me that Cam Newton, after that Super Bowl loss, showed up for the media interview. Remember that? Had like, I believe he had his hoodie on, and he just looked down and like, wouldn't say anything. And then he walked that, out, didn't he? Some, didn't he? He did. Out? You're right. I, he walked out after like a minute or so. That's not how you handle things, okay? You are the face of a franchise. You play the most marquee position in all of sports. It's sexy to be a quarterback, right? The quarterback gets the head cheerleader in college. Regardless of how good or bad looking you are, you're the quarterback, you're getting the girl. That's the way it works. What if you ran cross-country? No. What? The cross-country runner? Yeah. What if What if you ran cross-country? Do you get, still get the girl? You don't get the head cheerleader. You may you might get one of the other ones. The head cheerleader goes, that's quarterback stuff. You know, Kirk Herbstreit, I believe, married the head cheerleader at Ohio State, okay? And he's also really good looking, so that helps too. I mean, he's he's no, you know, there's no questioning Kirk Herbstreit's looks. I can say it. I'm a, I'm a happily married guy, but Kirk Herbstreit's a good looking dude. Easy to say. And he's really good at his job too. So what I'm saying is, you know, like you are... The man. You're the big man on campus. When things go well and you want the camera to be focused on you and you're happy and you're talking, that's awesome. But to me, it's not that impressive when you're willing to talk to the cameras after a win. What's impressive to me is how you deal with adversity and losses in terms of maturity and understanding your role as the big man on campus as the quarterback to face the cameras and answer tougher questions. You know, when I was in Philadelphia working and I would cover the Phillies and I'd go to the locker room after a lot of games, it always impressed me when guys, regardless win or lose, how they played well or not well, would come out and face the music. There were a bunch of guys on that team, I'm not going to mention names in, in Philly, who when they won... They'll gladly be in the locker room and and welcome you to their locker for an interview. But when they lost, they would hide from you. They were nowhere to be found, nowhere to be seen. They would hide in the back of the locker room away from the media. Those types of players I had no respect for. Guys like Billy Wagner. Why? Billy Wagner was a great closer. Do I look at him as a Hall of Famer? No. But he was beloved by the media because win or lose, Billy Wagner was at his locker. I mean, he was at the locker. He'd faced the music. He could have given up a three-run bomb and blown the save. It didn't matter. That guy was there, front and center, willing to take blame and answer questions from the media. Who votes for the Hall of Fame? The media. Why does Billy Wagner have a really good shot besides being a heck of a closer? Because the media liked him. 
That helped big time. And what would have impressed me about Caleb Williams, especially as a college kid, with the physical attributes to be a superstar quarterback in the NFL. Yes, I said it. He's that good. He's got the attributes to be a superstar. And I think if you're a team and you don't draft him, you got to be out of your mind. That's just my opinion on the matter. Because I do think he's young and you can, you know, there's teachable moments there. If you have the right head coach, you can teach a little toughness there. He's never going to be Tom Brady, right? You read stories about Tom Brady. That's the way he was in high school, from what I understand. He was just a guy. There was a great article recently. I forgot where it was, Art. I don't know if you read it. Maybe it was uh, ESPN.com. I don't remember where it was. But it talked about the baseball scout who, from the Montreal Expos who was responsible for drafting Tom Brady. And he talked about the time they had Brady up in Montreal, I believe. And he went into the locker room and young players, guys already in the minors, gravitated to him. And he was a, college, a high school player who had yet to decide if he wants to sign with the Expos or, or go play quarterback at Michigan. And the other young players that were ready playing pro ball gathered around Tom Brady and he held court. And he must have been 18 years old, right? He was a natural born leader. Maybe annoying at times, but man, you knew who ran that locker room. You knew who the boss was. He not only played the sexy position of quarterback and get the supermodel, but he was legitimately the leader there. Caleb Williams, no offense, you could cry on your mother's shoulder in private. You cannot cry on your mother's shoulder with a camera around you. You can't do that. It's a bad look. Show your emotions on your sleeve. Okay, you want to drop an F-bomb? You want to, you know, throw something? I get it. That's an emotion that people want to see. Crying is another one. It's like Tom Hanks in that awful movie, The League of Their Own, where he said there's no crying in baseball. To me, there's no crying in football as a quarterback. You didn't like Madonna in that movie? I, I I like Gina Davis in that movie. I thought she was really good. <laughs> oh, Madonna's okay. I liked Lori I Petty. Madonna. Lori Petty was. Yeah, yeah, Lori Petty was great. Well, she played Gina Davis's younger sister, right? Yes, yes. Yes. I also, you know what, listen, it, acting wasn't my problem with that movie. I actually didn't like Tom Hanks in the movie. You know who he was modeled after, right? Uh, yes. Uh, forgot his name, though. Double X, Jimmy Fox. Yes, yes. Yeah. He was modeled after Jimmy Fox, the legendary ball player. But he said there's no crying in baseball. See, Art, that's the thing, right? Like, we want to see angry emotions out of a quarterback. I don't want to see crying. I know that's a whole macho masculine thing, but that's the way it is. Football's a macho masculine sport. You win a Super Bowl, you want to shed a tear because you've worked your entire life for that? Okay, fine. That's a moment where you can cry. Confetti's flying. You got the family there. You're holding the Lombardi trophy. You just realized at the age of 30 that you've worked all your life from the first minute you picked up a football and put on your first helmet through Pop Warner football, through high school football, through college football into the NFL. You've accomplished what you've worked 20 years for, right? Like, I get that. But you lose a game, a Pac-12 game. I don't think it's worthy of crying, Art. That's just me. I no, find myself beef. I'm, no. not a, I'm not a macho dude. I'm I, and I'm myself. a big USC fan. I didn't. That was not a good moment for him. Absolutely not. And then to compound that, not talking to the media after you know some losses and stuff, that's not cool. 
That's really not cool. You you take that blame. You take the responsibility. You say it's my fault. You know what I loved about Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning could have thrown for 400 yards and six touchdowns, and the Colts could have lost uh, 49 to 42. And Peyton's going to say I'm the reason why we lost. Right? He would stand there and say I could have played better. I could have thrown the seventh touchdown. I could have done something different for us to win that game. Even though you know it's ridiculous and he did everything in his power to win and it's not his fault that he, uh, there's a big fumble at the end or the defense played terribly or whatever it might be. But when you're the quarterback and you're the undisputed team leader and you say, I could have played better, I could have done more, I'm the reason why we lost, you like that. Your coaches like to see that, your teammates like to see that, and your fan base likes to see that. They don't want to see an empty chair at a press conference because a quarterback couldn't show up. He was so emotional or whatever the reason is. He's so mad. Oh, there's little things. Yeah, you got to be a little worried about that. Those aren't good attributes for Caleb Williams. But again, he's young. The talent's incredible. You watch him play, and I've watched him play because I love college football. You're the Bears, and he's there. Okay, you gotta assess. You gotta assess him versus Penix. You gotta assess him versus McCarthy. You gotta assess him versus Bo Nix against Drake May. Of course, you have to do your due diligence. But if you think that Caleb Williams has the highest upside of any other quarterback in the draft, and that physically he is the best thing you see in an incredibly deep quarterback draft. I think you're dumb not to take Look, Art, if he's getting in trouble because he's doing criminal activity or there's an allegation like rape charges or stealing crab legs or something like that against him, those are legit red flags. No question about that. To me, a red flag of crying on your mom's shoulder and not showing up for a press conference should not change the fact that you are the best player in the class at that position, right? You put it that way, yeah. Right, there's levels of what's acceptable and what's not. Nothing we talked about is criminal. You're not hearing about him, you know, getting busted because he's in a car that smells like weed and there's a bunch of empty beer cans or bottles in there, right? And his excuse is, it's not mine. Okay, then you that's a red flag. And women of the night. And women of the night. And he's out at 2, 3 in the morning coming back from a club in L.A., Yes, then you say, maybe I'm taking Drake May or Michael Penix, right? That That's that's the occasion where you can say, this guy may not be what we're looking for. And I don't believe he's telling the Bears, I don't want to play for you. That, that's always been silly to me. That's always been silly to me. I don't think so. Unless he wants to flat out come out and say it, or his representatives come out and say it, I don't believe that he's, in essence, coming out and saying, I don't want to play for the Chicago Bears because he liked something on Twitter. I can't see that. No way. Now, maybe I'm wrong, Art, and maybe he is, in fact, saying, I don't want to play for the Bears. Look, the Bears have had no success at quarterback since, well, Sid Luckman in the 1940s, right? 1950s. Jim McMahon Jim was McMahon. decent. Yeah. He was, yeah, but you know what? He had an incredible defense, maybe the greatest defense of all time. He had Walter Payton. I'm not sure, you know... Jim McMahon was more Trent Dilfer than anything. Yeah, he looked much cooler with the sunglasses and the and the headband. But I hate to say it, I don't believe Jim McMahon's a reason why the Bears won a Super Bowl in 85. Well, That's they had to score points. Yeah, it's called Walter Payton. 
You got Walter Payton, one of the greatest running backs in history. You're going to put some points on the board. Well, he had, Plus, to, had to have somebody to hand it off to him. He was great at that. Awesome at handing it off. Not going to argue with you on that one. But the Bears have had no success. I never liked Justin Fields as a quarterback. He's a heck of a runner. He's a tough guy. He just doesn't read defense as well. He holds on to the football too long. One of my closest friends growing up is a big Bears fan. We end up having these ridiculous text conversations. He's trying to convince me how great Justin Fields is and could be and that the fault is that his receivers can't catch, which is true, and the coaches can't coach. Again, true. But you got to place blame on Justin Fields as well. He's just not that good of a quarterback. Very good athlete, very good runner, but as a quarterback. And throwing a football is very important for that position. Not so great. Got to say it. If I'm the Bears and I have two top five picks, I am taking a quarterback and I am taking Marvin Harrison Jr. And I'm starting there offensively with those two incredible players. Be it Caleb Williams, be it Drake May, whoever's on the board at your pick. And then Marvin Harrison Jr. That's what you do. There's your formula to win. And you trade Justin Fields to some team out there that believes a change of scenery is going to make him better. And you get a decent second round pick for him and you gain more draft capital. There's a draft. That, that's exactly what the Bears need to do heading into this draft. Look to draft a quarterback, a wide receiver, and then trade Justin Fields for a second. All right, stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live and the NFL app by asking Alexa to open WWO Sports. That's Westwood One Sports. or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. That's right, stream Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and Rich Eisen all season long for free and get in the zone with AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions do apply. We'll get into some college football. And really, Caleb Williams, does he come out? Does he not? I think he should come out. There's no question about that. It makes sense. Dave Revson with the Big Ten Network is going to join us. We're going to get into a bit of that as well. And who's going to be the national champion? I mean, you know, we still got a lot coming up with that. That's one of the beauties of when the calendar turns to the next year is college bowl games that matter, national championships, playoffs, and all the good stuff. Dave Revson, Big Ten Network, joins us next. I am Dan Schwartzman on a Thursday in for Rich right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O, O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Make sure to stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open WWO Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate station's digital platforms. That's right, stream Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and Rich Eisen all season long for free. And get in the zone with AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help you find a fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. All right. The bowl season rolls along, and it just takes for I mean, it takes forever. It honestly takes forever. Like, six weeks, the end of the college football season, to the national championship game, that's too much. That's an insane amount of time. Like, why is it such a long wait? If you have to wait this long between that, and, you know, in the meantime, we're watching Bowling Green versus Minnesota, Texas State against Rice, Eastern Michigan, South Alabama, and the fun part of that was what happened, you know, after the game with the the brawl that occurred. I don't want to call it a fun time. That was really inappropriate. But still, that's what people are going to remember from that game, not a 59-10 to South Alabama win. You know, the bowl games started December 16th with my Ohio Bobcats, by the way. Congratulations to my Ohio Bobcats. They win their bowl game. But here we come down to it. Finally, we're starting to have some good games coming up tomorrow. Ohio State, Missouri, decent game. Saturday, Georgia, Florida State, good game. You want to see a Florida State kind of backs up that talk, right? They probably should have been in the college football playoffs. They didn't get in. Coming from a Power 5 conference with an undefeated record. They don't have their quarterback, though. He's hurt. But it'd be nice for them to put that cherry on top. Probably not going to happen. I think Georgia's too good for them. Ole Miss-Penn State also on Saturday. Could James Franklin win something? And then you got Monday, right? You get Monday, and then that's where the fun starts. January 1st, you have the college football playoff games. The Rose Bowl, number 1 Michigan, number 4 Alabama, You got the Sugar Bowl, number two, Washington, number three, Texas. Then you wait a week, and then you, of course, have yourself the national championship game at NRG Stadium in Houston. Okay, awesome. But why are we waiting so long? 
I don't get it. It kind of, I'm a passionate college football fan, right? I'm a college football fan. I say Saturdays are better than Sundays, but I hate waiting this long before we get to the meat and potatoes of this. I do have to apologize. Our our guest, Dave Revson, uh, is joining us and very kind of him to join us from the Big Ten Network. I unfortunately cannot tell time is what I've learned. And we were supposed to have Dave on last segment, but I got kind of carried away and we did not. Dave, I apologize profusely. I hope I did not screw up your schedule too much. Uh, Happy uh, New Year's and Merry Christmas to you and the family. Yeah, same to you, Dan. No, all all good. How are things? Uh, Things are great, except the fact I have to wait so long before, you know, between the end of the college football season and the meat and potato games that we love. Is it too long of a period to wait, Dave, to get to the national championship game? Well, uh, it'll be a little bit longer wait next year, but you'll have uh, significant games earlier because of the 12-team playoff, and the first round's going to be before Christmas, so... Uh, I, I think maybe to a certain extent it becomes a moot point next year because uh, we'll, we'll have some of those big games early. But, I, you know, I guess my take would be that I prefer – I mean, I love having big games on New Year's Day. I'm heading out to the Rose Bowl, heading out there tomorrow, and, and there's something special about the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. So, to me, I, I think you couldn't ask for a better setting or a better day to do it. I, I think part of the challenge here, Dan, is just – because of all the opt-outs, which you certainly understand, and uh, you know, players kind of trying to decide whether these other games are in their best interest to play or not, I, I do think some of the other games that have been the appetizers in the past maybe are slightly less appetizing, just because of again, you know, opt-outs and transfer portal and, and kind of some of the ways that the game's been changed. And again, I, I don't say that to point a finger at the players i just think it's a reality that it, it's it's harder to know who's going to be playing you have some of the bigger name players who aren't in there and and maybe that makes the the build-up seem less interesting to some and dave look i understand players who are worried about injuries and what that means financially if they have an nfl future coming up the one that gets me is this transfer portal right i mean my goodness you cannot keep track of where guys go and a lot of guys don't end up going anywhere by the way but What's your take when it comes to the transfer portal, and what do you think needs to be done to potentially regulate it a bit so it's not as crazy? I like to call it the wild, wild west the way it is right now. It is. You know, I'm not sure what you can do to regulate it. I I do think, you know, we're seeing this one-time transfer rule being challenged, this notion that you can only transfer once and not have to sit out a year. I actually thought that going to a once you transfer for a second time, you sit out a year. I actually thought that was pretty good. And, and I say that mainly, honestly, and some people are going to roll their eyes, and I get that, just for academic purposes, honestly. Like, I, I, the thing I worry about is, like, I still think we're in the education business. And if you talk to a lot of these kids, like, I mean, I don't want to name names, but there are players who have transferred multiple times who were high-profile players, good students who don't get degrees from anywhere. And, and, you know, I still believe, like, there's an education component to it that, that's a really valuable part of all this. And so I guess there's a part of me that, that thinks, like, if you're transferring multiple times, it's hard to get a degree. Now, the issue is extenuating circumstances, and that's where you always run into problems. And whether it's, you know, a health issue with someone in the family, whether it's a coaching change, there's all these different things that, that where you could say, well, it's untenable for a kid to stay. And, and I do get that. 
Um, I, I would just love to see kids get degrees. And, and so that's yeah. the part of it that, that I think bothers me the most. Dave Revson joining us, lead studio host, Big Ten Network, also an author of a bestseller, the opening kickoff, The Tumultuous Birth of a Football Nation, joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, Dan Schwartzman, in for Rich. That said, though, this is going to be a heck of a quarterback class if guys declare and come out that we believe they will. Caleb Williams has made some noise. Some people question maturity during the season. In terms of pure talent, in what you've seen from the Drake Mays, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy, who do you think is the most talented quarterback potentially that can come out? I mean, I think Caleb Williams is awfully talented. I'm not sure last night helped his cause a whole yeah. lot because, <laughs> uh, you know, that was the best USC's looked against a ranked team all year, and, and of course he didn't play. <laughs> so, so I don't know. Uh, I, I look. I think he's a he's a big time player for sure. I love Michael Penix. Uh, you know, I've watched him quite a bit this year, just kind of preparing for Washington to come to the. Big Ten next year, and of course he was at Indiana for a number of years too, and and watched him there. I, I just love his talent. I think he's a winner. He makes clutch plays. JJ is an interesting one. It's going to be fascinating to see whether or not this is his last game or last couple games in the Michigan uniform, depending on whether they advance against Alabama. I think JJ McCarthy has all the tools. I think he has a ton of intangibles too. Like he just he has an infectious personality. I think he's a great great teammate from everything that I've heard, you know, obviously I'm more in tune with, with those players, with big 10 players than I am necessarily with, for instance, Drake may who, who clearly is really talented as well. And the other thing with JJ is he can move. So that that to me is a a really interesting one, kind of what he decides to do next year. Does he come back for another year and just try to rewrite the Michigan record book? Or does he say now's the time? And, And I don't really have a, a feel for that, but but he's clearly an NFL talent and a, and a first-round type talent when he gets there. Let me throw a name at you. There's always a guy that impresses in the combine and personal workouts, can throw a football 100 yards, is a physical specimen, a guy that you know well from his time in the Big Ten at Michigan. Joe Milton is going to come out. He's not playing in Tennessee's bowl game. He's been in college, by the way, six years. Is he that yeah. type of guy, when you look at the physical attributes, one team's going to say, wow, that's really sexy and overdraft him? Or do you think he's got a bright future with the right coach and the right system? I mean, Joe Milton has all the talent in the world, right? I mean, that that has stood out to me from the time that he was in Michigan and, and great size and really like everything about him right. makes you think this, this could be your guy. He did not perform well at all at Michigan, as, as you well know. Yeah. And moved down to Tennessee and has been really good there. Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, you know, a little bit up and down. But, but I just feel like the, the NFL is just different, right? I mean, they, they evaluate quarterbacks differently. I, I think in college, I, you know, I tend to look at it more of, you know, does a guy win or does a guy lose? And, and I think that in the NFL, it's so much about the measurables. It's so much about all those other things that you're talking about. You know, how far can he throw a ball? How, uh, you know, there's a lot of processing. I think with quarterbacks, they spend a lot of time trying to figure out, hey, how well does this guy process? How good is he? Would he get him on a grease board and, and dissecting defenses? And, and that's the stuff that, you know, in my position, I'm not sure I could really evaluate. But from the first time you ever saw Joe Milton, like, on a practice field, and, you know, we had the luxury of, of doing that at, at Michigan. We get to go to, to practice at all our schools in the preseason every year, like, He's one of those guys who you you look at him and you think, yeah, I mean, that's a that's an NFL type talent. 
he flicks his wrist, the ball goes 80 yards. <laughs> it's, it's impressive. You're right. In terms of just pure physical abilities, that guy is second to none in what he potentially can do out there. All right, last thing, Dave, the big games, Alabama-Michigan, a team you know well. As you said, you've watched a lot of Washington in preparation of their move, of course, to the conference. They're facing Texas, and it's great to see Texas back where they belong. This is It's important to have a team like Texas be very competitive in college football, something they hadn't been for a little while. Alabama, Michigan, Texas, Washington. I'm not going to ask you who you think is going to win, but ultimately, what are the matchups in each of those two games that you are most interested to see? So the big thing I'm interested in with Michigan-Alabama is, is Michigan going to be able to run the ball on Bama? I, I think the one thing that stood out this year, Dan, with Michigan, they're great in the red zone. I mean, they get down by the end zone, and you know Blake Corum's fabulous at getting in there. The, the issue is they've been a lot less explosive in the run game than they have been in past years. The offensive line isn't quite at the level. I mean, the last two years it won the Joe Moore Award as the best offensive line in the country. It did not this year, and, and with good reason. They're, they're just a lot less explosive as a running team than they were a season ago. I think they're going to need to be able to run it to beat Alabama. And it's hard to figure out what Alabama run defense will show up. I mean, Auburn ran all over them. Georgia couldn't run it at all. But that, to me, is, is the biggest matchup, is, is I think Michigan is at their best when they can run the ball when they want to, when they can dictate that part of the game. In Washington, Texas, I'm really interested to see how Texas's secondary holds yeah. up against Washington. Washington's wide receivers are as good as any group I've seen all year. Roma Dunze is incredible. We already mentioned Penix and how good he is. I think Texas is really good against the run. I think they're a little suspect against the pass. And so that's the, the matchup I'm really interested in in that one. Going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. Monday. There you have it. Rose Bowl. And the Sugar Bowl, you will be at the Rose Bowl, of course, and it doesn't get much better than that. Dave Refson, again, apologies for a confusing time. I will learn how to, I'm going to tell my wife, teach me how to read a clock, because I apparently cannot do so very well. I'm telling you, man. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm like, never too late, Dan. I know. You know, at 45, you can always change careers, right? Exactly. (laughs) Lead studio host, Big Ten Network, also the author of The Opening Kickoff, The Tumultuous Birth of a Football Nation. Again, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Appreciate you hopping on the show. My pleasure. Thanks, Dan. Awesome stuff there from Dave Refson. Man, I got to tell you, it's great stuff. I feel terrible, Art. <laughs> we're, we're idiots, aren't we? You can admit it, Art. We are idiots. <laughs> uh, yeah, we totally misread the time on that I'm one. Like, yeah. Uh, what a great sport, though. I, you know, I give Dave a ton of credit. He gives me like, guys, you missed my time. You know, I'm a busy guy, which he is. But uh, he was more than kind to hop on with us uh, later than anticipated. And share his his knowledge with us but i'll tell you joe milton's that guy i'm telling you right now art remember that name ever since he stepped foot on campus at michigan he's been a highly regarded player physically speaking all right we can talk about caleb williams and his attributes in terms of pure physical ability throwing a football 80 yards flicking your wrist having that body right having the look of being a star quarterback that dude is it. I'm telling you, Joe Milton is it. Somebody will overdraft Joe Milton, guaranteed. We see it all the time in the NFL, all right? I will give you a an example of that. Anthony Richardson of Florida. He was a guy that you thought great physical attributes, six foot four, two forty-five, could throw a football a million miles. Ends up being the fourth overall pick because he has a ridiculous combine. Not a lot of experience in college. 
Same with Joe Milton. Joe Milton has that as well. Incredible physical ability, but... I'll add to that. Will Levis. Yeah, but Will Levis had some success at Kentucky. You know, had a bit of success at Kentucky. But Will Levis was not a top five, top no, ten pick. He no. dropped out, remember? Yep, yep. I think, you know, Joe Milton, based on what you've seen of him playing in college, you're like, this guy's a fourth or fifth round pick. What's he accomplished in college? Not much. He's been in college six years. He's got to be older than me. I'm 45. He's like Stetson Bennett part two, right? That guy was in Georgia. He was in college forever. He's growing gray hair. And I don't think he graduated. He was in college like six years. I don't think he actually got the degree. So that's the guy. Joe Milton, Will is gonna, he's going to show up in Indianapolis at the Combine. He's going to ma- weigh in at every – he's going to – He's weighing in at every bit of 6'5", 245. Going to look great. Dan? He's probably going to run a good fifty, you know, good 40 time. He is going to throw a football farther than anybody, and teams are going to salivate and say, Woo, with our offensive coaching staff, we can take that talent and, and make him a superstar. Aiden O'Connell is not the answer. So, Joe Milton, come to, come to the Raiders. You don't want Joe Milton. I'm telling you right now. But, but you know what? That is a typical Raider move, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. How many guys have they drafted over the years that because of a performance of the Combine, Mark Davis gets so excited and says, we need that guy? Al Davis loved Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus Russell. Who was that guy, The uh, I believe is a cornerback, 10, 15 years ago? Ran like a four two five or something, and they drafted him in the first round, and he was garbage. Ah, uh, who was it? I gotta look this up. I'll I'll get the name for you. But they had a, I I remember they drafted a guy who was you know probably in terms of pure talent, or actually no, in terms of what his productivity was at uh, college, you never thought that he would be a first round pick, and then he ran like a four two something. And it was uh, an absolute mess, like total miss. I forgot who it was, but we will get it for you. You know what I'm talking about? Gary on Conley? No, no, no. It's before him. It is well before him. And we're talking probably 2010, maybe. And we're talking, uh, uh, well, Darius Hayward Bay is a good name. Remember him? Yeah, yeah. Right, he was a guy that uh, ran a, a fast forty, and they thought, "Oh my goodness, that's amazing! Let's take him." Fabian Washington. Did. Fabian Washington, that's it. Yep, he ran like a four two six forty at the combine. They got so excited, and they drafted him twenty third overall. Fabian Washington. Yeah, he was a bust, and he turned out to be nothing. They've had some terrible drafting. I gotta say, man, they have had some terrible drafting. And you look at this team, right? Who who's competitive this year? And you look at the amount of guys who did nothing in terms of draft wise, and you say to yourself, if those if any of those guys had 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 hit, where would this team be now, right? Alex Leatherwood. Rolando McLean. Rolando McLean. Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, Lynn Bowden. Amari Cooper. I mean, you could have kept him. Two thousand twenty Joseph. Cleland Farrell, right? Never lived up to it. Jonathan Abram never lived up to it. The saving grace in that draft was the fact that he got Max Crosby in the fourth round. Hunter Renfro in the fifth round. But the 2020 draft is one of the worst drafts in history. I hate to put it that way, but 
You draft Henry Ruggs 12th, Damon Arnett 19th, Lynn Bowen 80th. That's a third-round pick. Your top three picks don't amount to anything. That's not a good draft. No. I just no. had to. I hate you know, I hate ripping the Raiders in front of you. And then 2021, Alex Leatherwood, and he was terrible. Oh, my goodness, was he terrible. Well, the, the, I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. He's probably not. The other probably one was uh, in 2004, Robert Gallery. He was six foot eight. Oh, 350 pounds and couldn't Iowa. block anybody. No, he couldn't block anybody. He looked at he he looked as if he should have been a bouncer at a, at a, a club. Well, I think that's what he's doing right now. Well, no, I think he made enough money, stole enough money in the NFL where he didn't have to do that. But he had that look because he had the the ponytail, right? He had the hair pulled back and oh, the ponytail. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he Massive was mean dude, but he couldn't he block. He was anyone. a bouncer. Yeah, he was a bouncer at a club. That's exactly what Robert Calvary looked like. Again, thanks to Dave Repson, lead uh, studio host for the Big Ten Network, for joining us. All right, we're going to have some baseball thoughts I want to do. And I'm going to go to L.A. for those baseball thoughts with uh, the press conference with Yamamoto and the Dodgers. Is it good for baseball, what's happening in L.A.? I have an interesting take on that. A lot of people don't like super teams. I'll tell you what I think next. I'm Dan Schwartzman on a Thursday. This show has flown by today. In for Rich Eisen, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen.
Wrapping things up on a Thursday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am Dan Schwartzman, in for Rich. I'll be back tomorrow as well. And on Monday, why not spend the first day of 2024 with me as well? Baseball, the Dodgers unveiling yesterday their new $325 million man, 12-year contract. The Japanese sensation. He's won the last three Japanese Cy Young Awards. It's pretty impressive. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, three straight Sawamura Awards. That's the Cy Young in Japan. Impressive pitcher. He's 25 years old, seems to have everything. A lot of teams had wanted him. All the big boys had gone after him. And what he said was interesting. He said, quote, I wouldn't say he was the sole reason in deciding to come here, he being Shohei Otani. And if he went somewhere else, I probably would have still ended up in L.A. Winning now and winning into the future was probably the most important thing in making this decision. Now, that's a monumental statement, and I'll tell you why. Because for years and years, that statement was made about the Yankees, right? Winning now, winning into the future, probably the most important thing in making this decision. The Yankees were always thought of as the team that would make the financial commitment more than anybody else to win now and win into the future. They'd spend money on their scouting. They'd spend money on international free agents. They would just spend money, period. But that has obviously changed, right? Now it's the Dodgers who have given two players over a billion dollars. And look, it doesn't matter about deferring money. In the end, you are literally paying out over a billion dollars to two players. And good for them. I'm not going to disparage either Yamamoto or Otani for signing those deals. Those are massive deals. And well-earned, by the way. Otani's the greatest baseball player in the history of the sport. He is. And don't give me Babe Ruth or anybody else. In terms of ability and what we've seen from a guy, he's the greatest player in the history of baseball. Steve Garvey. Steve Garvey was great, and I always enjoyed interviewing Steve Garvey. But Steve Garvey is not an ace pitcher, and no offense, as great a hitter as he was, you know, I mean, Otani's got some incredible pop. Otani's just... Look... If you're a baseball fan, you appreciate what he does and you enjoy watching him, right? I'm a huge baseball fan. I don't care what team he plays for. He can play for the team. I I grew up a Yankee fan. If he played for the, the Red Sox, I'd still admire what he does. Okay, he's that great. Art, you are, what, a Dodger fan, of course, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure the money's ridiculous. And, yeah, did they overpay? Probably not because I do think he is very marketable, of course. And he's, again, the greatest player in uh, baseball history. I don't think I'm far off by saying that, Art. And look, you're a Dodger fan. You might just say that anyway. But in reality, you've watched plenty of baseball over the years. I've watched plenty of baseball over the years. We have never seen anything like what we see with this guy night in and night out. Every six days as a pitcher and every day as a hitter. Not in our lifetime, no. Not in our lifetime, and it's not even close. Okay? It's not even close. We've had... Babe Ruth could not throw the uh, fastball as fast as Otani does. No, and it was a different era, obviously. You know, Babe Ruth is amazing and great player. One of the greatest of all time. No question about it. But in terms of what we've witnessed with Otani since he's come into the league, don't even try to give me anybody else. We've had, you know, novices, right? Instances of guys that have shown some ability, guys who have been, um, 
you know, listen, guys that have been good at one thing may be great at another thing. Bo okay? Jackson. Bo Jackson is the greatest athlete I've ever seen. Greatest athlete I've ever seen. And probably will always be the greatest athlete I've ever seen. And Deion Sanders was nowhere near the the two-sport star that Bo was. Bo was great at both. Deion Sanders was an okay baseball player. He was never a great baseball player. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was a horrendous baseball player. (laughs) He had 200 in double A, which, by the way, is better than all of us can do. But, listen, Michael Jordan would have been cut after two months of playing minor league baseball if it was based purely, purely on the fact of you know who he is of, of if he was a player of any standing you know what i'm saying michael jordan hung out because it's michael jordan you're not going to fire michael jordan my whole point is you know shohei otani does something completely opposite of what we've ever seen you can stick him on a mound and he's legitimately a top 10 pitcher in baseball or you can stick him uh you know, in the batter's box, these hit you 50 home runs, driving 100 runs, walk 100 times, and uh, he's a superstar and hit 300 these days. He's only gotten better. And Yamamoto could be that guy. But the whole point of what I'm saying is what we have said about and what Yamamoto said about the Dodgers used to be said about the Yankees. And this is why things have changed. When George Steinbrenner ran the Yankees, he ran it as a passion. Okay, To him, it was a passion. He wanted to win. It didn't matter how much he had to spend. He wanted to win, and he would spend whatever it took to win. And I think that's a great mentality. His son, Hal Steinbrenner, looks at it in a very different light. Hal Steinbrenner runs the Yankees as a business. Sure, that's much healthier. I'll admit, it's healthier to run a team as a business than it is as a passion because you're just going to spend money as a passion regardless of if you lose the money or you don't. You make a profit or you don't, it doesn't matter. It's a passion project. A business, you want to, of course, make money. You have to make money. And that's what Hal Steinbrenner does. So his pockets, while the Yankees do spend money, I'm not going to say they don't spend money. While they do spend money, they do not spend at the same level as the Dodgers, who now are the biggest spenders outside of the New York Mets, who, by the way, probably are going to start curtailing a little bit their spending. Because they are spending ridiculous amounts of money. They didn't go very far, despite spending a lot of money. So the point is, it's obvious to me that when you look at things, the Dodgers have clearly become the team that's willing to do whatever it takes. More power to them. You're lucky to be a Dodger fan. I grew up a Yankee fan, and I'm disappointed that they seemingly are going to play second fiddle now when it comes to spending to teams like the Dodgers and even the crosstown rival New York Mets. All right, I am back tomorrow. I do want to thank Mike Pritchard from VEASAN, ex-NFL player, for joining us Hour 1. Eric Pincus from Bleach Report talking NBA with us in Hour 2. Dave Revson, lead studio host for the Big Ten Network, joined us here in Hour 3 to talk some college football playoffs. I'm Dan Schwartzman, in for Rich on this Thursday. I'll be back tomorrow to then. Appreciate you tuning into The Rich Eisen Show.